Chapter 9 The policeman said, I'm here to take a photograph of her. We will have a better chance of hopefully finding her family. Well, she has a mam at least. At the moment she seems to think I'm her. That's a bit odd, said the policeman. Maybe you're a look-alike. Perhaps you should get into the picture too. He took a couple of pictures of Mary on her own and then one with Kay. I'll get in touch with social services when I get back to the station, he said. Kay's heart sunk. Do you have to? I've just arrived home on three weeks' leave. I'm willing to take care of her. Surely it won't be long till somebody comes forward. They must be frantic looking for her. Mary is drawing at the wooden table. She looks happy and peaceful, poor mite. Are you sure you don't mind? No, I enjoy having her company. She's such a funny little girl. The thing she comes out with. The policeman went over to the table and sat down beside Mary. Can I have a look at what you're drawing? Mary nodded. What lovely flowers. Is that a swing in the garden? Mary looked up at him. It's my swing in my other house, she smiled. Where is your other house, Mary? In Dublin. Did you need, you need to get on the 55 bus? Did you get on the bus by yourself? No, I fell here. What do you mean you fell here? I was up in Derry staying with my, in my granny's house. I was climbing a wall to see the steam train and then there was a big bang. Kay held her breath. She was covered in so a lot of soot, Kay said. As far as I know, there's no number 55 bus. I'll see if the number 5 runs along a train track, he said to Kay. Who else lives in the other house? My daddy and my brother and sometimes my granny. Mary answered, still drawing. What about your mammy? he asked. She's here, silly. The policeman looked at Kay. Kay just stared back at him, her mind racing. Pop this coat on, Mary. I have to do some errands in town. Since the visit earlier that day, Kay kept looking at the child, but could see no resemblance to herself. Mary's skin was so pale, her hair was so dark, her eyes were so green, mine are so blue. She had to remind herself to slow down. Mary was like a little doll running along beside her. We will go on the bus. Would you like that, Mary? Mary smiled up at her. When do you go to town on the bus? Kay asked. Mary began to skip along beside Kay. With Daddy on some Saturdays, we go into a cafe and I always pick a cherry bun. Kay's heart missed a beat. We may not look alike, but we like the same things. Can I believe I am talking to a daughter I haven't had yet? They got to the bus stop just in time to catch the bus. Kay put Mary on her knee as the bus was quite full.
She was enjoying the closeness and the smell of little Mary. Heading up Grafton Street now, Kay was going to call into her old job. Adam was behind the counter as the bell dinged. He looked up, a big smile spread across his face. Kay, he said, coming from behind the counter and hugging her. And who have we got here? He smiled at Mary. She said nothing. This is my little friend and I want to buy her something. A St. Christopher's medal. The patron saint of travellers. We don't carry many saint medals here, said Adam. Not like you to miss a trick with a big church up the road. People will always find money for a medal to send off for a soldier. Maybe you're right. God knows we could do with some sales. I want a small silver bracelet to hang the St. Christopher's medal on, said Kay. Call in on Saturday. I will have it ready. Ma'am will be here on Saturday. She will love to see you. How would you like to go and play in the playground in the green? Mary asked Kay. Mary squeals with delight. Pointing her finger, she says, There's where I get my cherry bun with Daddy. Do you think he's in there now? Mary asked. Let's go and see, said Kay. Sitting down, Kay wondered why she had never gotten around to doing this before. She had wanted to. They ordered a milk, a tea and two cherry buns. Sitting inside, the windows were so beautiful, so colourful, almost like being in a church, thought Kay. I don't see Daddy anywhere, Mary said, with a worried look on her face. He's most likely in work. Does he go to work every day? asked Kay. Mary picked up her glass of milk and took a long drink from it. Yes, in his car, she answered. My, you must have been thirsty, said Kay. Where does he work? Mary raised her shoulders, indicating she didn't know her eyes on her cherry bun. What's his name? asked Kay. Mary laughed. Daddy, silly. What on God's earth am I thinking or doing? Kay thought. What is it Paul likes to say? Enjoy the moment you're in. Good advice for the day, thought Kay. Leaving the cafe, they now are heading up the road and into the park, heading for the swings. Mary loves to swing. She shows no interest in anything else. Small as she is, is, she needs no help to get the swing going. Soon Kay is worried she will do a full circle. She must have a swing at home, thought Kay. Finally, Mary jumps off the swing. They were now walking around the lake looking at the ducks. Everything seemed to remind me of Paul, thought Kay. She had left a note with his mam in case he got some leave. She would ring Susan on Wednesday nights from the GPO and see if there was any news.
That night when they had cleared up after their tea and Mrs. Broderick was tidying around and Mary was fast asleep in Pat's bed at the moment, Kay sat down. Ma'am, come and sit down. You're doing too much work. Her mum sat at the wooden table, talking about how they had both spent their day, of course talking about Mary. Kay asked Ma'am to refill her cup of tea. Did you ever write to Dad or did he write to you when he was away? Every week without fail. I wouldn't get them every week. Sometimes it was as long as three months. They would come in bunches. I'd go to our seat in the park and sit and read them every Sunday over and over again. Oh, I know the Lord loves us, but I can never understand why such a good man was taken so young and not even in the war. Kay stood up and went around to her mam's side of the table. They hugged for a long time. I still have them, Kay. Would you like to read them? More than you know, ma'am, answered Kay. Will you give me a hand, Kay? They're in that red tin on top of the dresser. I mustn't put them so high now. I can't get to them easily. We will find a nice new place for them, said Kay. Kay stepped up on the kitchen chair, lifting down the box. She hands it to her mother. Her mother blows some of the dust off the lid and goes to get a damp cloth to wipe it clean. He brought this back full of biscuits from his on his first leave. All buttery they were. I can still taste them now, said, said Kay's ma'am, lost in times past. <coughs> Kay put the kettle on again. It's going to be an emotional night. Kay's ma'am is sitting at the table now, opening the red tin box crammed full of letters. I always like to put them back in order every time, the first letter on top so I can read them in order. Kay had never seen this side of her mother before. Handing the first letter to Kay, her mam said, Will you read it out loud to me tonight? I'd love to just close me eyes and be with him in my mind's eye. Kay put her hand on her mam's. I'd love to. We can read some each night till we have read them all. Kay started to read the first letter. It was lovely reading Dad's letters every night. When Pat arrived home on the first night, they were still reading the letters. Now every night Pat joins them and takes her turn in reading them out loud. Kay's heart starts to pound as she lifts out the next letter. I know what's in this one. Ma'am and Pat look at Kay. She had not realised she had spoken out loud. Kay looked up at them, both looking at her 
at least I think I do. If I do, I have something really weird to share with you. And I think, ma'am, maybe part of, I think Mary may be part of the same story. Give me the letter, then tell me what's in it, said Pat. Kay closed her eyes and tried in her mind's eye to bring back the picture of her father writing. It was written before you were born, Pat. Look at the date. Pat looks at the date and said, One point to Kay. Kay's ma'am just sat very quietly. Kay said what she thought was in the letter. Pat laughed, saying, You read this when we weren't looking. Kay starts to shake. It was not a dream after all. Love, are you all right? asked Kay's ma'am. You need another cup of hot tea. Ma'am's answer to everything, good and bad, thought Kay. Do you remember when I got caught up in the bomb blast? I wore me knees out praying with half the neighbourhood, she said. Thanks, ma'am, it worked. I thought I'd had a very real dream about Dad when I woke up. But it was real. It was me who helped Dad. It was as if I was inside him. I was there when he wrote this letter. Pat just looked on in silence as her mam began to speak. That time changed your dad. He was the first up for Mass every Sunday and even started going to the church in the evenings with me. It was the one thing that kept me going after his passing. Pat asked, What has Mary got to do with this? I think she is also in the wrong time, said Kay. They all got up from the kitchen table and gently drew back the thick floral curtain that had divided their room in two. The three woman, women stood staring down at the sleeping child. Who is she? asked Pat. Mrs Broderick let out a sigh. My grandchild, she smiled. She hasn't got your colouring, Kay. She's more like Pat with a pale skin. After a long time spent just looking, they headed back to the kitchen table in shock and full of wonder. Could it be true? Her clothes are made of no material I have ever worked with or seen, said Mrs Broderick. The backing of her dress looks like it has been backed with Yankee nylon, said Kay. Her mother agreed. Why is she not inside me like I was with Dad? I wonder if she's also in a coma in a hospital like I was, said Kay. If she is my daughter, do I remember this time and know she is safe? Kay gets up from the table. Good night, said Kay to a silent room. She got ready for bed and slipped into Pat's bed and snuggled into her child. Pat made no complaint. Pat and her mam sat at the kitchen table, looking at each other for a long time, not knowing what to think or say. Pat broke the silence. Do you really think that's my niece sleeping in my bed? 
I'm meeting her before she's born. I can't get my head around that, ma'am. I know, it's a strange one. All right, but we will talk about it tomorrow night after Mary is asleep. When your dad explained what Kay is talking about, he explained it as if an angel had joined him, said her ma'am. So, is she dead, ma'am? That gives me the creep, said Pat, starting to shiver. No, she's not. Now, away with you to Kay's bed. You have to be up early in the morning. Kay was up before her mother the next morning and had the tea made by the time her mother had finished her wash. What am I going to do, ma'am, she asked. We will take it a step at a time, Kay. I have something to tell you. It's not the first time I have heard of something like this. There have been family stories of your great-grandmother. Kay stayed silent and thought, So I'm not mad. I didn't say anything to your dad. I wish I had now. I thought your granny Rachel had helped, your granny Rachel had helped him. I had been thinking of her ever since. I can't say any more now. I have to hurry. We will talk tonight, Kay. Kay gave her mum a big hug.